This episode of the Adventure Game Engine Interest Series is brought to you in part by our Portal Maker patrons, Griffith Locke and Leona. We couldn't do the show without folks like you. Thank you. D20 Radio, where gamers roll. Welcome to the Aegis, Acolyte. We have so many portals, so many wondrous things to show you. But today, I think this one will be perfect. Welcome to the Adventure Game Engine Interest Series Live! Coming to you live! Coming to you live from, from Twitch. From our living room and Twitch. Welcome to the Adventure Game Engine Interest Series. These portals will take you to many worlds. Let's see where they lead today. My name is Ren, and going to my left around the table, we have uh, a little uh, a square table today. So, uh, my name's Keith. Uh, I play Aubergine if you're into the other podcast. Uh, I'm still Jess, and I, I still, my, my two jobs are make puns and play Clyde. And I will try to do both of them. Well, I'm only doing one today, but I'll try to do both of them. Appreciate it. Uh, and this is Molly and sometimes Sunshine. Erstwhile Sunshine. We are being brought to your ears live on Twitch. Welcome to the folks who are joining. You're part of the show now. Welcome. I'm sorry. Yes. All right. So today uh, we're going to be talking about backgrounds, uh, a part of adventure game engine games that I think get left behind a little bit occasionally and uh, hoping to bring them a little more forward, let you look at them at least a second time. Let's see. Uh, anyone got any announcements they want to share? Um, I, I, <laughs> you don't have to if, you, if you've got nothing. I don't think so. Fair I do enough. not believe that I do. Um, hello. I'll go ahead and mention this is our second episode on Twitch. Still kind of an experiment. We have a real overlay now. It looks fancy. Mm. I made an icon. Yes, you did. Hopefully, it will, you folks will be seeing it popping across the screen a little bit. If you uh, follow, then it... Is that what it does? It pop up when people follow and stuff? Mm-hmm. It's, uh, it's a little happy Kleinhead to thank you for your kindness in joining us today. It's a good time. And every day. This is when we lose what few subscribers we had. Goodbye! There they go. I'm not sorry. Well, it's been a great show, everyone. Thank you very much for listening to the Adventure Game Engine Interest Series podcast. Hey, Leona counts on me to make the bad puns and not letting her down. I think Leona's faith is well-placed. Yes. Uh, so, moving right in, we're going to be meeting our fellow portal makers. We're going to be doing a quick shout-out to one of our fellow podcasts on the D20 Radio Network. Uh, this episode, we'll be plugging the good folks at Court Games... 
Court Games is actually a series of four shows, technically, uh, all about Legends of the Five Rings, and the and uh, they cover a couple of games. Um, they have uh, Court Games RPG, which covers the role-playing game, L5R, uh, from Fantasy Flight Games. Are they still Fantasy Flight Games? Yes. Okay, I think they... All right, gotcha. Yeah, just some, some stuff got shuffled around. Uh, their most recent episode was uh, What Should GMs and Players Know About 5th Edition Intrigues? I liked it. It was very interesting. Uh, it really sounds like the good folks at uh, in the L5R game know how to make some real good drama. Uh, the episode is an overview about mere, when mere social encounters turn into full-on intrigues. It goes into depth on what rings will have what effect on intrigues. Uh, and ways you can structure an intrigue to get the maximum drama and danger for you and your group. I've been wondering if maybe I should take a look at the rule play, the rule book to see how they structure social encounters and then steal everything. God, if you want to play L5R, just say something. Literally anytime. <laughs> I, will, I will make it happen. Joe bought most of the game and is sitting at our really? apartment. <laughs> just like... I'm just not much for card games. He bought he bought the card game. That, okay. We're talking about the RPG. Oh, that's okay. set in the same universe. They do have a podcast as well, Court Games LCG, which covers the living card game. Is that still going? It is currently dead. Gotcha. Uh, yeah, the, 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 the Lang Attack was the final release. I saw that their last update, I think, was March this year. Uh, so there's still a lot of great content you can go check out there. Uh if you still play the game and would like to get some primers. But the RPG is still alive and well. It is. Uh, speaking of the RPG being alive and well, they also have two actual play podcasts. Uh, first one is Crimson Gold Agonies. Uh, it focuses heavily on the narrative that the players and the GMs are telling. Uh, a story about a couple of Emerald Magistrates uh, who are assigned to take care of a town and try to make it their home. And then they have a second one called Fortune and Strife, uh, which focuses a bit more on mechanics to let folks know what Legend of the Five Rings sounds like when you play it. That's uh, interesting. I like those two approaches. Yeah. I think, that's, I think that's a cool call. I thought it was cool. Uh, they have uh, one... I don't know if they plan to make it a, sem a semi-regular series. They've got a video out called Tokyo of the Five Rings that's supposed to be a show about uh, Legend of the Five Rings from the perspective of someone who's living in Tokyo. Hmm. Hmm. Probably uh, a Legend of L5R. And they, uh, I saw that they did a blog, a fairly long blog post about um, the creation myth of Legend of the Five Rings and um, the inspirations that it likely took from. I own first edition Legend of the Five Rings RPG books. Ooh. I started playing the LC. I started playing the then CCG, an uh -huh. uh, Obsidian edition, which had the old cardbacks before they were successfully sued by the Olympic Committee and forced to change their uh, change their logo because the <laughs> International Olympic Committee owns a copyright on any symbol involving five interlinked rings. Okie dokie. I think something similar happened to the to the Marvel League. Hmm. To Ellie's Marvel runs, because now it's not the Marvel Olympics, it's Marvel League. <laughs> so. Can't be the Marvel Olympics. Olympics. Apparently so. Very in control of that brand. Very glad we didn't We've taken a strange turn. Sorry, L5R is great. You should well, check out that podcast. If you'd like to talk about five interlocking rings that aren't the Olympics, uh, you can also follow their blog where they've got Patreon-exclusive content. Uh, they have a few avenues. Uh, if you want to submit content to their network, um, you can support them on Patreon, patreon.com slash courtgames. 
uh, which includes benefits like early episode access, content that didn't make it into the shows, transcripts, and access to their private Discord. Uh, find their content at courtgamespod.com. You can get their merch on Redbubble. E. E. Hope you folks uh, enjoy checking those folks out. I have I had a blast listening to them. It sounds like they have a lot of fun with it. Uh, and now we're going to be peeking through a new portal to our fan creation spotlight. This is the part where I would put a cool segue. If I, I had know. one. If I had one. <laughs> uh, but, so, uh, yeah, welcome to the part where we talk about stuff that other folks have made uh, <laughs> and that they share with uh, that, that part is now. Uh, this is the part of the show where we share what they've shared with us and we get permission to share it first, of course. Uh, today we want to mention a community that you can join if you like to if you uh, like to play games remotely or you can or you can go for it at least through discord uh, there's a discord server for you called the age Nexus and I think we have a couple of folks who are from that server right now in the chat in our cool chat. yeah glad you folks could join us I hope you're having fun Uh and uh, formerly known as the Bulls Chargers, uh, because it focused only on the Dragon Age role-playing game, they are trying to branch out into other age games. What must that be like? Right? Yeah, yeah it's, it's, it feels very familiar. We've never done that shit. We didn't do that ourselves. It, but uh, it's we a... ran two years-long <laughs> campaigns in Dragon Age? Uh, yeah, we, we took a hiatus between them both. And... what now? Yeah, I don't know what you're talking about. Um, but this is a real big Discord, and it's pretty hopping. Uh, it's they they do a little bit of like because uh, it's you know you can you can post you can play you do a play by post sort of situation uh, if you're if you if for those folks uh, who you know just want to pop in and throw throw a little something in or maybe those of us who took part in some message board role playing back in the day. Oh. Oh, take me right back to guy online. <laughs> yeah, that's that's Possibly. where I was too. Yeah. <laughs> hmm. Get that Neopets thing going. And uh, and of course uh, there are voice room chats and they schedule games uh, and they get folks uh, involved in those games. They have some reward systems for uh, making it feel very organized play, and I really respect that. That's a hard thing to wrangle, uh, and I think they're doing a good job. Yeah, that is not an easy, like, uh, even as people who have, like, helped run the fully established Pathfinder Society, and that was, like, herding cats in and of itself. So the fact that you all are doing this without some sort of big, uh, oh. so overarching like, structure uh-huh. is deeply impressive. Uh, oh, and it's, yeah. you mentioned that, uh, Blaze says they have Dragon Age, Fantasy Age, Modern Age, Blue Rose, Mutants and Masterminds, and The Expanse currently available. We snuck mutants and masterminds in there. I still love mutants and masterminds. Nice. That game is very fun. I finished listening to that. Uh, the folks that me and Steve, who did uh, the Modoc family reunion adventure, it's very fun. Uh, go somehow they found going off the rails on a crazy train on xylophone. Oh, that's for that, like for it. that, and and it makes set more sense in context. I promise. Um, you, now, uh, at the moment, uh, let's see. 
At this early stage, you folks could be the pioneer for games other than Dragon Age, as far as I know. I have only been on the server for a little while. I could be completely wrong. There might already be thriving communities for each of the for the games that aren't Dragon Age. Um, you can sign up to be just a player, or you can, of course, volunteer to be a GM for games. Uh, as I understand it, they are in need of some GMs. Gotta get those GMs in there. I like the idea of GMing because I, mm. when I see a GM stumble, I'm like, oh, but this is an option, or this is an option, you can enter. Like, I'm... I just don't have the absolute need to tell a story. Like, like <laughs> but if you have a prompt, yeah, you can like, jump like in. when I ran the Storm King Sunrise, I was like mm-hmm. super into the story and all this and that. But it's just like I just like to keep things flowing. Mm-hmm. But it's just like uh, fair enough. So, uh, well. And see, if Keith or anyone else would like to join this Discord, uh, the show notes will include a link to join the Discord. I would need physical time. <laughs> That's fair. Well, I just dropped Warcraft, so, like, I don't know. Yeah, well, so services are open again. Yeah, it's been, mean? what, 15 years since I've had that? My bad. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you can of course uh, find other submissions that we've ma- that we've received for our fan creation spotlights back through the wonders of Thetis and uh, a couple here in the Aegis uh, on our blog ageinterestseries.home.blog. If you type click on resources for your game uh, and then click Dragon Age, it will take you to our old wonders of Thetis wonders uh, wonders of Thetis resources for your game page, which has got a lot of goodies on it. For, amazing stuff. Yes. A lot of those links are broken because they took you to the old Green Ronin forum, uh, but a lot of folks on the Discord are trying to bring a lot of that content back. Oh, it has also been noted that there is a channel dedicated to plot hooks for GMs as well, so they even got you covered there. I'm gonna Do you need, have any ideas? I'm going to need to put my face in there. Just going to slam your face just directly Just slam my face you. directly into that Discord channel, just rub my eyes all over it. Yeah, that sounds like a thing you'll do. So if you all would like to take the opportunity to torture our characters with ideas, there's a place <laughs> you can submit them. Yeah, if Yay. you want to make us sad, you're, this is a place where you can do that now, I guess. Thanks, everyone. You did have homework. It's not very fine of you. <laughs> uh... If you'd like to share your custom Adventure Game Engine content, you can send a message to Aegis Podcast, A-G-E-I-S Podcast, at gmail.com. You can send it to us through our Facebook, Twitter, or SoundCloud accounts. You can send a personal message to Cod the Protector on the D20 Radio Discord or the Green Ronin Discord. That's me. Uh, I'm glad we stopped putting my contacts on there. I hope <laughs> to God none of you ever tried to contact me. Uh, we could take a look at it someday and see if I'm the, terrified. And see, well, no, I, no, actually, is so high. the forums, the, the green running forums are gone. Oh, I'll never know. So you'll never know. If there were messages sent to you, Sweet they're gone now. <laughs> if you can find your login, into the void they went into the if you can find your login for the old D20 radio forums. Uh, I don't know. I think most, fo- uh, maybe most folks are on the discord right now. It's super responsive. So okay, Discord sounds like it's, it's the, a good place. the best place to be right now. It's the thing that's happened. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we don't have a segment here for answering questions, uh, I, but I would like to mention that if you folks would like to say, if you folks would like us to answer questions uh, about how maybe how a particular mechanic works or how to resolve an issue you're having in your game. Uh, feel free to also reach out to us through our email, agespodcast at gmail.com. You can contact us through our social media and SoundCloud account, or you can contact me, who is ever listed as Cot the Protector on, on Discord. Uh, 
Um, if you send it to us, uh, you can send ask us a question. If you'd like to make a recommendation for an episode, we'll probably put those on pretty high priority for uh, what our episode schedule is going to look like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if, like, if someone's excited for it and yeah. we don't have other people excited for it because we're very new, we yeah. are totally down. So, like, jump in line. Yeah. Please do. Eat it on the ground floor. It's gonna have like two stories when we're done. <gasps> Hot diggity. I thought okay. brick. <laughs> One brick. One brick. One brick down. Next. Next. Next brick. So, uh, now that we've got those bits spoken for, uh, it is time for today's lesson from the Nexus. Here's another cool part where I'll put in a segue one of these days. We had a bunch of them that were very specific. Insert bumper here. (laughs) I had a whole bunch of voice clips and music from Dragon Age for the bumpers uh, when we did Wonders of the Fetus. What if we do character voice clips for the bumpers? (laughs) That is an excellent idea. I might have to take you folks up on that. Awesome. Uh, We'll we'll go find a drawing board and, and hit it. Uh... Welcome to today's lesson from the Nexus. Uh, we want it, uh, we are not. I promise, we are not stealing the Age Nexus name. Uh, we just happen to be a Nexus of portals, uh, where well, there's a whole bunch of universes coming in and going out, and we and we look at them, and it's it's kind of our motif. We are the Aegis. We might be a cult. Who knows? Probably uh, not a cult. Probably not. Uh, but today we'll be discussing backgrounds in Age games. Uh, what are they? How do the various age games handle them, and how should you handle them? Uh, or how could you handle them, not how should you handle them? Mm-hmm. We are here to give suggestions. We are not here to tell you what to do. Uh, this little part of your characters is a fairly overlooked one, more so in some age games than others. Uh, and hope we're, and I hope at least, uh, to help you take a look at it again. Yeah, I love, <clears throat> I love backgrounds. I feel like that's something that's sort of newer in the role-playing, like, in the RPG scene, to have, like, mechanical backgrounds that do things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it kind of got tied into, like, races. Like, your race would have a certain culture, and so maybe your parent would have, like, a certain tendencies, mm-hmm. things that, so sometimes they're numerical or this and that. Mm-hmm. But, like, having your race does this and your background does this very separate yeah. as character-building uh, foundations is is something that I've seen um, been so stylized now. Uh, well, yeah. Like, did, did 3.5 have it? No. No. Uh, but the, so. one of the best things about backgrounds, I think, is it reduces some of that bioessentialism that has kind of plagued the the RPG world for a long time. I encourage mm-hmm. you to separate that. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's really what backgrounds are at their core. It is a way to add a mechanical tag to help the, the kind of people that don't necessarily pull that way into having a firm idea of where their character comes from. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, because some people have a tendency to just make a pile of numbers. Yep. Yep. We've um, all seen them. We've all we've probably all tried to make them. And, and I think that part of what the idea of a mechanical layer on a background does is try to encourage even people who might tend to go that way to at least think about where you come from and how mm-hmm. that's going to affect you. Um, so I, I think it's a good idea. For sure. Um, 
Although, you know, I think in some of the games, it's almost not enough of a, a push. <clears throat> like, it's just a focus, so like... Mm-hmm. Well, and at the same time, if it's too good, though, you're going to have a million people take Fae Foundling. Exactly. And then... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, that's no. Where, that's where you are. The, like, and so, I mean, with the, there's a lot of fun for people to make a pile of numbers, and so adding these kind of mechanics gives them a reason to buy another book, to look through it, discuss it with other people, to go on those forums and really min-max. And, like, it, it's just another resource that that enriches the whole community because people who aren't looking for numbers can find very flavorful things. Or uh, give yourself enough of a stat that wouldn't come from your class and your build naturally to let you do something else that's cool. Like, what yeah. if you want to be a paladin that also has a perform skill? And you are trying like to make that. art. Like we've had that before, and very specific. Yeah, yeah. It's it's, <laughs> it's sort of your license to not be as min maxed by having that extra little. <laughs> we already noted this. Uh, Aubergine. We, we were talking about this before we started. Uh, Aub- yes. Aubergine is um, a fifteen-year-old. Hasn't done much. Is supposed to be the big sword. Big damage barbarian of the group, but his background specifically has a scholar. Because what did you do up until you were fifteen? Oh, I'm from an upper middle class that was forced to go to school. Yeah. So what kind of a like? <laughs> what else do I do from this? Like, I have to pick scholar. I went to school. I, yes. I broke out several times, but I was forced in there most of the time. Yeah. And occasionally, I get to roll on an intelligence check, and I have a plus one in there. So, like, oh yeah, I, I was awake for that class period. Yeah, there there are times where doodling was real good, and I was like able to remember things. Um, I also like to role play it as things that is familiar to my household. Mm-hmm. So, like, especially businessy things or things that involve like mm. logistics. Aubergine has rolled quite high for no reason at all. It's and true. I have taken that and ran with it. It's, and now it's, I'm, that's coming. That's I have coming several for industries. Else, but there's, mm-hmm. Aubergine's going to make some interesting business choices and they're going to go very interesting directions. <laughs> <laughs> oh. It's good stuff. Uh, but yeah, I like how you can use background. And I, we're probably going to actually talk about this, although I'm just kind yeah. of like taking this. But It'll go in a little later. Like, I like the fact that you can take a background and use it to either enhance where you come from, like, by expectation, but, uh, they start with by expectation, or you can, uh, like with Aubergine, it's like, this makes sense, but it's also completely counter to what you would expect from this character. There were so many options that were like, oh, you just have more stamina, or you get, you get the running focus immediately. I'm like, oh, no. Damn it, middle school. Damn it, middle school. So, um... <laughs> Damn it, middle school. Uh, your almighty dino here is saying, uh, racial flavor, even with racial traits, is my favorite thing to mess with in Pathfinder. And mm-hmm. we have we have done our fair share oh, of that, yeah. too. That's fun. Uh, made a desert elf was pretty cool. Haven't looked much into Dragon Age or other age backgrounds, but I like the semi-randomness of the Dragon Age backgrounds for races. Yeah, actually, that's a really good point. Mm-hmm. You can roll or you can pick. Well, and yeah, and the fact that the their backgrounds that are not necessarily tied to race or ancestry. Like there are certain ancestries that are more likely to have this background, and there are mm-hmm. of course some that are tied like culturally. Like you're not going to be a human keeper; that's not going to happen. But 
you can absolutely, like, if you are Kunari, you, you like I said, well, most of those expect you to be Kasa. Yeah. Like, still, there's some where you can be, like, human or elf or dwarf or, like, it's, the background is the same. You just alter it slightly depending on the ancestry in, in sort of minor mechanical ways. Mm-hmm. And, and something else that's also really great to know about the... Whereas, you know, if you chose this background, this is your thing. If you chose this race, this is your thing. Like, uh, we had just mentioned the randomness of uh, backgrounds in age games feels much more appropriate than saying every race has these two things that's good about them by saying, like, well, some of them can, but some of them might be better at this. And some of them, mm-hmm. you know, it gives a wider variety because... Not all of them are going to be the exact same person, or have the exact same type of parenting or whatever mm-hmm. culture. Uh, Blaze is mentioning the other three that were introduced in Faces of Thetis, which does include goodness. Uh, I don't quite remember what it's called, but it's the one where you're uh, a spirit possessing a body, it lets you be coal. You get to be coal. You get to be coal. Coal is best. It's real. It's real wild. Lets you have access to. I don't remember. I don't remember if there was a. No, I think there was a talent introduced in that that's pretty much just like <laughs> is just for this background Ooh, they brought in the the, Cere- the Cerebos in Ooh, there Cerebos background that's so good Ooh. oh Incarnated Spirit Incarnated Spirit thank you that's such a cool background uh, and I, I will talk we will talk later about what I love about Dragon Age backgrounds and what makes them particular um, but uh we, we've been kind of answering the question, uh, but the first point is, what is a background? And it's pretty much what it sounds like. It's where your character came from before they became uh, an adventurer, or before they uh, fell uh, fell into this weird group of found family goofballs, and now they've tried to save the world. You know? You know, like you uh, is an excellent place to draw role-playing prompts from. Uh, where your character came from and what they do, used to do for a living can be excellent for not only how to inform, informing how to portray your hero, uh, but it can be good shorthand for other heroes or the GM to role-play how the world looks at you. Uh, two heroes who have otherwise identical statistics will, can still have very differing uh, experiences if one is a noble and one is an athlete. Uh, naturally, uh, it should not be the only thing that defines who your character is. But the hero's past is sure to be a source of their current woes or wins. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a good, it's just a good yep. little highlighter. We've, mm-hmm. we've certainly had Aubergine walk by school and the yes. people at school didn't like him. Or he didn't go to that school and the people are like, oh, are you a kid? Like, <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. Huh. Uh, in most game, age games, your background also contains your social class, uh, being either an outsider, lower class, middle class, or upper class, uh, which determines how much money you start the game with, and in most cases also determines what backgrounds are technically available to you. Uh, and this can be just as important for role-playing uh, as your background itself. Uh, how much money you begin your, you have access to at the beginning of your adventures can say a lot about your upbringings and your experiences. Uh, and backgrounds, when made special, can also inform players about the world that they are playing in. When the backgrounds are crafted for a specific setting, you can deliver a lot of world building to your heroes in just a few pages and some benefits that go on their character sheet. If you're looking for a good place to start delivering your setting to the players, this is a great place to start. Uh, each game handles backgrounds a little differently, and each has a particular effect on the game. Did you... 
when doing mm -hmm. um, Nalir's background, is Officer. Rilbon a background, or is Officer uh, cover it enough? I think we were using Officer to cover it, but I do like that idea of Rilbon being yeah, a background. Because, well, it comes with specific ties. Mm -hmm. You don't have your own last name. Yes. You've taken you've taken your patron's name. So uh, you to keep your family safe, you walked away from them legally, um, <laughs> and so like we've been role playing with that, but that's not included in your how to be an officer. Mm -hmm. But I guess how to be an officer specifically in Convergence mm -hmm. had come up with it. So an opportunity, but yeah, we're doing it absolutely. So, uh, we're going to go talk about these age games in general order, uh, release order. So we're going to start with Dragon Age backgrounds. Uh, oh, yeah. The Dargons. The Dargons of the Ages. The Dagrons. The uh, I really like Dragon Age backgrounds. They do a lot of heavy lifting, and I think that they are super useful for giving your, you and your fellow players a lot of context very quickly. Uh, other age games would have you select selected a bit more piecemeal, um, where you'd have like your social class, your background, your ancestry, uh, and then your class uh, or your profession uh, if you're playing Modern Age or The Expanse, um, or even your languages separately. Dragon Age backgrounds bundle all of it into one place for you. Mm -hmm. uh, in game, Dragon Age backgrounds give you plus one to an ability score based on your upbringing upbringing and culture. Uh, no icky bioessentialism. Whoop! Hey! Uh, it gives you uh, a choice between two focuses. Uh, it gives you your starting languages. Uh, it gives you it. Does, some of them, I think, like four or five of them, give you benefits that are based on your expected ancestry for taking that uh, background. Uh, the backgrounds tell you what classes are available to you, uh, and of each one gives you a benefits table to roll for to roll on, which you can roll twice. Uh, on it, or you can use the point by method to spend advancements to get stuff from there. Uh, if I recall correctly, I think the only ones that give you like ancestry-based powers are uh, Orzammar dwarves because you get a bonus to resist magic, mm -hmm. uh, and if you're Kunari, uh, either I think it's Talvashoth or Bar Kunari Barasad, you get a penalty against magic. Yep, actively worse. Mm -hmm. I I like the sort of stacking. Mm -hmm. and putting a bunch in the background. But I really, like, personally mm -hmm. hate any kind of class restrictions. Yeah. Because mm -hmm. I feel like it's just an unnecessary, like, squelch mm -hmm. on potential creativity. Like... That's fair. It, it's cutting off concepts that might exist, and especially when there are so few choices available anyway. Mm -hmm. There are only three classes. So saying, okay, you can't take, take this one... Mm -hmm. is literally cutting 33% of the class options. And, I think and, oh. oh, I was going to say, to that degree, uh, that's for playing in the world as the book described. Yeah. The world that your GM creates can say, fuck that shit. Oh, yeah. yeah. I think it's... Well, and, sorry, go ahead. I think there are also times where it makes sense, like, if you take the circle mage background... Maybe you should probably be a circle mage, with, with a few exceptions, but, like, in general, there are some that make sense, but overall, I agree, like, you can you can make much more interesting stuff if you allow for more diversity within what you can mm -hmm. choose from a background, like... 
I think in this case it's more of an artifact of the world itself, because if uh, rogues and warriors can pretty much take just about every background, with a couple exceptions. Um, to your point, though, uh, by the way that the uh, book is written, uh, my warden from Dragon Age Origins could not exist in the rules of the Dragon Age role-playing game because he's a dwarf duster, and the duster background says you can only be a rogue. My rogue and my duster's a warrior, baby. But that's also super easy to... Uh, House yeah, rule. Like, and that's, that's such a ridiculous... Like, what? <laughs> you know, it's it's a little thing, and it's 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 trying to ground you in the world. Uh, because every entry, every background comes with, like, a couple of paragraphs of relevant... Classes, TVA. <laughs> uh, especially for Dwarf Duster. It, it, yeah, that, that's fair. There's some, there's some weird, like, class-race mm-hmm. tie-ins for me in other systems... Um, like, just to go way out there but still talk about gaming, World of Warcraft, mm-hmm. they always had, like, oh, this race can't be these certain things. Mm-hmm. But also, these certain things have certain, like, how you even start down that path of power involves something that is, like, uh, anathema to that race. You okay. would be cut out of the herd at that point, and you would be a very special snowflake on the outside. Great for role playing, but like in the MMO, like as a as just one of the many, mm-hmm. as one of the many, it doesn't make sense to have you as part of the rank rank and file. We'll give you three guesses as to Keith's main race in Warcraft based on the based on the cut from the herd comment. Yep. Hey. Hey. Yeah. Hey. You got seen. Just be okay with it. <laughs> hey. Uh, and I think, especially because if you are a mage in Dragon Age, that comes with a lot of. Uh, Baggage. That comes with a lot of baggage very quickly. Uh, if you if you are a mage, I think there's only like four backgrounds that you can take. Uh, you either got taken to a circle, you didn't get taken to a circle, and you're an apostate, uh, or I think you uh, escaped elven slave and Dalish uh, and Dalish elf lets you pick mage. Can you be an unknown apostate? And Sarabas, yes. Can you be somebody who's had magic but hasn't? noticed the magical tendencies or is there no way to not notice in this world uh by the time your character probably starts they've probably passed adolescence and usually it shows up because you set something on fire by accident it's just kind of by the time you're an adolescent (laughs) by the time you're an adolescent and your body's going through changes that's when you know that's when every kid sets fire to the barn it like, just it would just be fun to have like a fairly neutral person who didn't like oh I'm well you know I don't really need to rebel my parents have raised me in a way that this and that but like you get to your first job and you outside of that people are morons and also stop being that ah, you're right and then you show up as an apostate already living well uh what am I doing that raises an interesting idea that I think might be fun to play as a mage that doesn't quite realize they're a mage and just has like heroic and fate arcana or or yeah what if, what if somebody was like in the bar funny. sharpening and then like a spark came out that's why the bar came on fire it wasn't you or you just know because of ridiculous happenstance every yeah, time the magic comes out it's just because something else I'm not a magic I'm not a magic I'm just lucky yeah something like that like uh, there's a bunch of swelling of water or something and uh, but the dam broke well didn't the dam break a few hours later uh, wait did it I don't remember. I don't remember. Uh, but either way, like, so the Danbro, we have to deal with that. Like, just. <laughs> I love that as a concept in general. I feel like it's. Maybe that's better than the just truly neutral person. Person who's not prone to strong emotion. Or. Yeah, or just somebody who happens to 
always have an out story. Yes. And everyone's fine with well, it. Well, to the point where they don't even realize it. Like... Well, other people are making the out stories for them. Because it's just like, oh yeah, no, I was in the bar sharpening that stone. Whoops. Yeah. Did oh, you freeze the cat again? You can tell me. <laughs> but yeah. Um, <laughs> I think they're, they're very oh, much... An artifact of the, of the setting in a lot of ways. Yeah. And that's not necessarily a bad thing in mm-hmm. general, especially in a licensed game. So theoretically, if you're playing a Dragon Age game, you want to get all Dragon Agey about it. Theoretically, yes. Yeah. And, and that builds the world. Like mm-hmm. I said, if you do have these stipulations, the things that happen in this world typically is what you'll be seeing. Mm-hmm. But there is a time and place for definitely breaking the rules. For sure. Absolutely. Um Dragon Age backgrounds give you, when, when you pull up that background, it gives you a lot of history and a lot of trivia and a lot of context right away. What is it? Um, to understand the rule is to know when to break it. I think so, yeah. Like, something like that. Mm-hmm. The problem then becomes when you're doing a game in some sort of standardized, like, official way. Yeah. But then when you've got cool ideas, and that's one of the downsides that yeah like in pfs for example like that's one of the downsides of playing uh, pathfinder society organized play like when you're in some sort of organized play setting the uh breaking the rules is much harder to do because the rules uh, every everyone should be on the same playing field like if you if your gm is fine with you having godlike powers and just like running around and changing whatever they want at a snap of a finger in the game that's cool that's a great way to play but, like, if other people want to see if they can do something with their rogue, but you can just literally blue man from Watchmen erase the problem, then that, why should anyone come? Yeah, like, that's fair. Mm-hmm. So, like, I mean, we've done this before. We had a character that could solo an encounter, and we just, no, delete this character. I'm not doing that again. It's not... Say, you changed one character. You, you invested, like, points... To retrain into like a summoning cleric. Oh yes, Suli was broken. And then I was going to be a summoning druid. Oh and no! I realized that have a summoning um and conjuration. I think I know who you're talking about. And so the summoning conjuration druid gave me four different attacks per round, including my own. Oof. So I was a five-person action Oof. party. If you gave me three rounds to set up. Yeah. It was. Every problem. Yeah. Well, and the person <laughs> to which uh, Keith is alluding is actually Glyne's deity, but... Uh, oh, oh. Yeah, because Suli... Your Suli. Yeah. My Makar, yeah, before I yeah, changed no. him over to. But yeah, Suli was it broke was... as hell. I accidentally made it so that she could summon an entire party's worth of allies and then just kind of... And that's why she's a demigod now. That's why she's god now. She's just... Yeah, we needed that for the mythic campaign when we were supposed to be breaking things and it turns the out numbers were numbers. It doesn't help in PFS quite as much. But yeah, so it's like the, the idea in general of uh, oh, we got a bunch of qu- comments and stuff. <laughs> Nineteen AR. Also, I, Leo I, I, pointing I, I, out, it's not a staff; it's a bow. A bow with a, a big crystal. With a big glowing crystal on the end of it. Excellent. <laughs> That's still one of my favorite jokes. Yes. Also, um, uh, the mention on uh, if you don't want to be a mage, is always the tranquil. Like, this is just a side note, but I w- I've always thought it would be interesting to figure out a way to play a Tranquil, but I don't know how one would do that, or what kind of class abilities you would even have as a Tranquil. Can't rage. 
tests for damn sure. You could you could rogue spy. Would, you could be, they find you, you just be like, oh, I'm lost. You, you could take that enchantment uh, talent and so just, just craft up craft up a storm for all of your friends. Give them a bunch of crafting runes, and now everyone's got tricked out gear. I love I love being like a background character. Like I I love the idea of just being like that. Yeah, sure, take me around. All right, this is better now. Enchantment. Also, can, can the tranquil just can they lie? Is that part of emotions? Uh, because if they maybe if they are allowed to tell mistruths or or lie, there's no tell. There is no tell. There's no tell. They can correct. perfectly lie at all times. I mean, they don't experience emotion, but they're still logical creatures. Yeah. So if you had a reason to lie, so like, I but know, I mean, not? if you were the if you were the stealth character. And you are tranquil. You have no access to magic. You don't need it. You're a rogue. Uh, if somebody finds you and you're just like, I am lost. They, they, they're, oh, you poor thing. Yeah, they're going to assume that you're a lost. Because every, every fucking person looks down on the tranquil. And you oh, can man. just use that against them. Oh, my house is this way. And you, they just lead you back. Thank you. And then you go back in <laughs> and try it again. Just roll infinitely <laughs> until you hit that nat 20. Oh, my God. Uh, so, as you can probably hear, Dragon Age is a very fleshed-out universe. It's got a lot of cool stuff going on, and the Dragon Age backgrounds deliver that to you, very quickly. Uh, the backgrounds tell you where your character came from, what they've probably already experienced, uh, what their, let's see, what professions they probably have, um, it gives you your languages, it gives you benefits, it gives you, uh, it gives you a lot of stuff. This, these are the most lore-heavy iterations of backgrounds in age games, and I like them very much. This is something I approve of also, mm -hmm. is it gives you assumptions. It does. It assumes your characters from this world. Because there's a lot of times where, like, if I'm playing with a GM, and you don't specifically say, um, I pull out the rope, but you say, oh, the guy's on the ground and combat's done, I tie him up. Mm -hmm. If the GM will catch you later and say, well, you didn't say you pulled out the rope. <laughs> oh, so that's you didn't so tie frustrating. Yeah, so it's one of those things where it's just like, it assumes your character's from this world. It assumes your character made it to fucking age 23, 27, whatever. Uh, if you're 40. an elf, 40, you know, 80, by the time you go out and start adventuring... Like, it assumes that you'll not forget to breathe. That you won't <laughs> walk up to the elven, like, elders and say the worst thing possible. Unless you do mean to piss them off. Then you're welcome to it. But, like, I'm sure the GM should say, like, by the way, you would understand it's different here. Mm -hmm. like, yes. This reminds me uh, very much of one of the... And this is going to date me horribly. But, uh... A text-based roleplay uh, or a text-based video of a game from Homestar Runner website. Where oh God! <laughs> I love Homestar Runner. How much did we just age? Uh, immensely. But basically, like, there's a point where you have to plug your nose to do something, and if you don't actually type in "unplug your nose," you you die after a few more rounds because uh, yeah. you <laughs> you didn't unplug your nose, so you stop breathing and you die. Incredible. But, but that one's fun because you can reset. Yes, like, that is that is the the time and place when that is a good choice. In in these games, less so. Hey, you know. Oh, and it's been pointed out that much of the world's background can be changed by the GM, since GMs get to use their save files. 
from from Dragon Age. Mm-hmm. Red I, always I, I always use that mine. It's all I always it's my save file because I'm it's my game that I'm running the. <laughs> the, the hero for Elden is still alive, and he's a dwarf duster for a dwarf duster warrior from Orzammar. Uh, the the uh, hawk is still alive, uh, and the Inquisitor is uh, from a homebrew part of the setting. I was I was gonna be mad about the fact that you didn't have a Queen Kuslin, but you let me have a whole Elven nation, so I'll let it slide. Uh huh. <laughs> you gave me a nation, so I'll go fair ahead. enough. I still get to rule something. Anders is still alive in this in my in my save file. Very good. There's also this little boy named Kieran running around. I like that boy. Uh, my guy's super dead and gay. <laughs> <laughs> I had a bad I had a bad story. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag my guy's super dead and gay. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but, uh, so, if you come to the table in a Dragon Age game and you tell folks, I'm a circle mage, folks know a lot about your character very, very quick, very suddenly. Uh, if you come to the table and say that I'm an Orlesian commoner, or I'm an Orlesian student, then folks are going to make some, folks are going to be able to make some assumptions about you, and you can probably make some assumptions about your character. If you want to, you can of course also, you know, be in a background that you then immediately like blast out of because it didn't work for you, a la aubergine over here. Yeah. Also, hell, hell yeah, Leo, a Dalish elf, live that best Dalish <laughs> life. Uh, Dalish royalty forever. Hmm. It looks like I put something in the notes for what you said. Is that it can feel limiting for some players who want to stretch the story out. Uh, mm -hmm. But, yeah, I think Thetis is big enough for some concepts. I think a lot of the best Dragon Age stories is where they break their own rules. Yeah, of course. You can't bring people back from the dead. Except in this book. But it was very specific. You can't teleport. But there are magical elven gates that let you do that. They're not good. <laughs> they're they're kind of goofy right now, and we're still figuring them out. They've been broken for a really long time, so... You should probably do that at your own risk. We but... fixed one with blood magic. Mm -hmm. So that tells you this is a great place to be. It's probably fine. That it's went probably great. fine. That went great. Who has more blood? <laughs> oh no. <laughs> Not you, you're dead and gay. <laughs> I mean, if you want to use the leftover components... Oh my god. Fund that Dalish bullshit. <laughs> fund that Dalish bullshit. <laughs> Oh, man. Uh, so, that's Dragon Age backgrounds. Uh, next in line is Fantasy Age backgrounds. Fantasy Age! Polar opposite. Fantasy Very Age backgrounds different. are the lightest backgrounds in Age games so far. They give you one paragraph of prompting, and, uh... The rest is on you. And the rest is on you. It gives you a lot of freedom. Uh, it leaves a lot of room for interpretation, which, you know, for some players who really gotta stretch their legs, that can work. God, I love freedom. Well, I, I think that really, I think that is another case of it really fits the game. It because does. Like the, the hyper detailed and specialized one coming out of Dragon Age as compared to a very sort of sparse and simple one coming up from Fantasy Age, which mm -hmm. is designed to be an open and applicable system to it's various true. settings, I think. Because Fantasy Age doesn't have 
a world that it happens in. Correct. Uh, so, like, when you read it, it's like, this is a person who does these things. It doesn't need more than that, because it mm-hmm. didn't come from some tradition. It doesn't come from some, some culture. It, mm-hmm. it wasn't specialized using this one certain sword. It is a person with a sword that does this thing. Yeah. Apply. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love... Ninja Turtles. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Oh god, I mean, could with your beast folk. Yeah, we've got you beast folk. We could absolutely do teenage mutant ninja turtles. I, or they'd uh, probably just be teenage ninja turtles. There's not necessarily a mutant part. That's just how they are. Teenage there was no. Maybe they, uh, maybe they, they didn't. Have, maybe they just have <laughs> two less wisdom teeth because then it makes you a mutant. Oh, okay, there we go. There's no. There's there's probably no science goo. In Viteoth, in my world. Now that I've said that out loud, I plan on going back on it. There's planner there. goo there. There's there. like no way there's <laughs> yeah. not a flubber or some bullshit. Like, yeah. I, I would be surprised. You have I a bad science kingdom. It's true. It's true. The, the entirety of uh, Iron Gods is in Viteoth somewhere. No, sorry, you can't see the, the face journey I'm That's going on. That's not going to happen because there's going to be other aliens. I mean, we could have multiple Iron Gods adventures <laughs> no, happening at the could, same no, time. That only. Oh. So much Iron Gods. Gods. Iron Gods is my favorite Pathfinder adventure path. It's very good. It's the one where you, it's like, hey, you got sci-fi and my fantasy, you got fantasy and my sci-fi, yeah. we should market this and then Ren will play it until the day they die. The spaceship, cra- a spaceship crashed into Conan the Barbarian. That's, that's the situation. <laughs> but oh, then, like the <laughs> <laughs> but then I can't have berserkers throwing axes at super science scorpions. That is true. I mean, Rain of Winter's better, but <laughs> <laughs> Iron Gods is good. Oh, yikes. Anyway. I'll uh, take my stance. Uh, one of the upsides about Fantasy Age backgrounds is that you have a very wide selection. Um, if you are choosing from the basic rulebook, you have 24 options. Uh, if you are choosing from the companion, you have 48 possible backgrounds to pick from. That's a lot. you got a lot of room to work with. Uh, in-game... Fantasy Age backgrounds give you your social class, uh, which tells you which backgrounds you are, are available to you, um, and then you pick. Uh, uh, and then each background gives you a choice between two focuses, and you may select one. It's very light. It's very. It, it lets you fill in the blanks, and that's yeah. As Molly said, that's very good for a game that is setting agnostic. It does what it needs to. And it doesn't get, in, and it uh, leaves a lot more heavy lifting to uh, your ancestry. Yeah. It's, uh, and, you know, given the fact that I had thought, oh no, please come back. Still boarding no. at the station. No, it, it left without me. I'm still boarding at the station, and the thought left. <laughs> but the train of thought has left. Aww. I'll have to catch the next one. Sorry, everybody. It's been a very long day. I missed my train. Hmm. Uh, Some players may take this as a prompt to help GMs craft the place they come from, helping you fill out your world, as I ended up doing for Molly's character, and we accidentally the whole Placid Hollow. Oh. Yep. I forgot that, yeah, that was just kind of a vague thing that we made up and filled out. 
Yeah, we just needed it. I'm very, I'm very proud of that. I think that turned out very good. That's very cool. I should do any sort of reading on this world, but it's almost (laughs) better with Aubergine just being like, "What? (laughs) Where the fuck am I?" Explain. We have a wiki. I wouldn't say that it's. I wouldn't say that it's chock full yet. I'm kind of. We're kind of making it as we go. And it's kind of. um, It's sort of the opposite direction. Like that could be a prompt to to fill out the world, but also. It's a way, especially with those sort of vague ones mm-hmm. that Fantasy Age uses. Exile. It is a way to filter information to people. It is a way to be like, well, yeah, you're from this background, so this is a thing that you might know, you know, so you just know it. Or you can make a role to know it without the specialty because it's close enough to who you are. Mm. So there's that. It's a sort of floating tag that the GM can use to sort of fine-tune where the person would sit in the world. Yes. Mm-hmm. I see you've gone down the li- gone down my notes. I haven't. <laughs> well, you were very you were prophetically de- uh, uh, mentioning some of the later notes. Mm-hmm. And we yeah. will absolutely come back to that. Oops. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> Actually, no. Um it's uh I think it's specifically good these open-ended ones for very like for s- single games, like for games that are not standardized games that are kind of very specified to the to the players and the characters within them because that's when you can do all of this like I'm building off this sort of small thing and it's something that's much harder to do when you've got a full like everyone has to have this 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 and this like and you have to have signed paperwork of GMs who are supporting you and saying that you are playing equally yeah. You're not you're not overstepping your bounds. You put in the work like other players put in work. Yeah. You, you have to be, the sessions. You have to be special like everyone else. When you having a single game makes it you just get to be special because you, you get to try out the mythic campaign oh. while it's in beta and hopefully some of the talents. <laughs> the mythic play test. Oh. That was a wild ride. Sorry, that was a wild. <laughs> well, you know, we had by fun. By that I mean you chose it, so not our bad. I th- we had fun. I did have to add like six advanced templates to a boss in order to make them make them not die within the first round. Keith killed a Tarask in two rounds. You did kill a Tarask in two rounds. It was like I just a zombie lich Tarask. I just too. took the I took the Tarask out of the uh, out of the bestiary and I popped it in, added maybe like a, 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 like a template or two. Uh, but I mostly left it alone, and we just kind of went for it, and you wrecked it. It was awesome. To be fair, Suli had just given me the ability to re-roll oh, damage yeah. rolls. Oh, you roll, God. you roll everything twice and take the higher. Yeah, oh, and you had, like, a once-a-day round of that, and I got your once-a-day round yeah, of that. I can do that every round. No, no, now you can. No, like, she, that was, that's not even a mythic ability. That was every round? Yeah. She could Red, you need, to ta- ta- <laughs> you need to look. Have these abilities and apply some. Uh, it's one of the. It's like comes right out of the core rulebook. Yeah. It's just like the good. Let's domain. not get into Pathfinder rules. Either right way. Now, but yeah. If I were a GM, I'd be like, that's too good. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, it takes up my standard action, but still. What you? It was. What else is around? Me. What else is on power tier with this? Does this have appropriate drawbacks? Here's the reason mm. why I've been involved. Mm. So anyway, yeah. So um, it it just so happened that critting multiple times per round was a very good choice against a Tarrasque before it did many things to us. It had many things to do. Yes. 
We think we've I think we've gone off gone off track, but I'm very excited about all the things. My background is murder, apparently. <laughs> Your background is very efficient murder. Yeah. I I I said I could do other things, or you're like, no, just do damage. Okay. You also did good baking. Yes, it's true. My background was baking. Yeah. See, and that's a good example of someone who can like shoot telephone pole-sized arrows into a terrasque and then turn around and make some very okay. good brownies. This, this was all a lot. So. This is all background, because Karoth mm-hmm. was specifically not... He was a uh, strength build, and mm-hmm. was going to be very punchy. And um, the idea was, it just didn't channel his anger. It only made him angrier. So it was like a berserk, but he was trained by a monastery. Mm-hmm. So when I, built, when I built him as a monk, the idea of being a Zen archer monk, which is, just pull the bow back, kid. <laughs> like being able to mute myself that way was why he got good at it that way. Yeah. And that is actually a good example of background without necessarily having a... Yeah, no stat blocks attached. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, like, I think that's worth mentioning while we talk about backgrounds, that backgrounds do not necessarily always have to, like... If you play older games, you're not necessarily going to have mechanical options for backgrounds. I mean, you had traits in D&D. So this guy was basically the Hulk... He was supposed to be the Hulk until someone gave him a bow and arrow and said, stop being angry. He was still angry, but he did it quietly. So <laughs> they quietly <laughs> see him. <laughs> I mean, that's wrong. Yeah. Everything annoys him. I'm sorry. <laughs> bow angrily. I'm always angry. Yes. It's some good stuff. But yeah, I, I think that it is, is an important thought. Uh... Uh, Jarvat says it is the responsibility of both the players and the storyteller to build the world either knowingly or unknowingly. We have done both in we have done both. great amounts. Oh, unknowingly is <laughs> joking around with friends and being like, "Those, uh, there's Paula Deen in them hills. And then the GM <laughs> makes a die roll on a D100 and makes a face and you hear another set of dice go down makes another face and says, I guess there is one. Or when you're having a casual conversation with some players in front of the GM, someone says something, and then you can just see Ren's face change for a second. Oh, and you know you've done it. You know you've done the bad thing, and now the bad thing is going to happen to you personally. Just makes the kombucha girl face. Yep. <laughs> it's like, oh shit. We already had an entire podcast about traps with our GM. We did. Yeah. It's anyway. fun. It's fun. I like that one. Oh, man. Yeah. So, yeah, anyway, fantasy age backgrounds. Uh, next in line is the Blue Rose backgrounds. I have no experience here. That's fine. Blue Rose backgrounds are also pretty lightweight, uh, but they do, uh, they do it slightly differently because, again, this is a, a, a game that has a setting attached to it. Um, they, instead of defining your previous profession or circumstances, Blue Rose backgrounds are cultural and region-based. Uh, instead of saying that you are a craftsperson or a wanderer, you say that you are Alden, you are Kernish, or you are Jarzoni. Uh, the backgrounds tell the group where you're from, uh, and with Blue Rose that does carry a bit of weight. Uh, there's a lot of very distinct cultures in the world of Aldea. Uh, and if you tell folks, like, uh, I'm Alden, then folks are probably going to assume that you're very open-minded, you're very egalitarian, you're very friendly, uh, you, like, you like to talk a lot, <laughs> maybe you're very bubbly. Uh, Fine, calm down. Hey, shut up! <laughs> uh, but if you say, if someone says you're Jarzoni, then folks are like, are you gonna, are you gonna carry me off to the Church of Light if I start doing magic stuff? 
I'd really rather you didn't. Are you okay? You're probably not okay. I'm not okay. Just seething with the opportunity to spread the light. Why patriarchy, though? Why our patriarchy? Why is our patriarchy? I mean. <laughs> Blue Rose is very cool, and I th and and I, one day I'd like I'd very much like to do a one shot. Yeah, it's a, it's a game I'd love to play around with. Mm -hmm. um, the magic is very interesting. The the setting seems quite interesting, and the the focus on the more social aspects, sort of actively, is mm -hmm. another, is another thing I I think would be a, an interesting twist, and I think that's. But as far as specifically the background stuff, it's interesting to see the focus on region is kind of a neat thing. <laughs> yeah. But yes. Uh, in in game, a blue rose background gives you one focus from a list of options based on the background uh, and your starting languages. Probably most likely like the regional languages that you learned. I did accidentally make a blue rose character for a fancy. You game. did. You did. Oops. <laughs> Whoopsie. Oops, all, all <laughs> uh, Like Dragon Age, Blue, Blue Rose backgrounds are grounded in the setting. In this case, Aldea instead of Thetis. Uh, Aldea's got a lot of floor, uh, and it is, has a fleshed out world map. Uh, but it does le still leave a lot of blank space for you to add what you want. It doesn't tell you what like your profession was when you grew up in the culture. Uh, it doesn't tell you what your social standing was, because there are no social classes in Blue Rose, because there is no money in Blue Rose. You don't track currency. Uh, the story just, this is the game basically says, if you need it, you can, and then they talk to the GM, you can probably get it. Uh, it's not got quite as heavy a focus on they kind uh, of equipment. You can do work, Yeah, and you can pay for this, or... Mm -hmm. You did things to help the village. The village helps you out. Yeah. You just, yeah. Someone gets you what you need. Some of the, if I, if I recall correctly from what I've read, some places like, you know, Aldea. Or Aldus. Yeah, Aldus. Aldus is not particularly capitalist in its notions. So not particularly. Not needing money makes some sense. That, that by the light guy, though, sounds like they would like that. Jarzen, Jarzen's rough. They've had a rough time. They have explanations for why they are the way they are, but someone can tell them. Someone needs to tell them that they can stop now. <laughs> it's fine. You're all okay now. But now, but, you know, now they've done it for like probably like a century or something. We've been so. doing this for a while. Yeah. My papa did it, and his papa did it. And we didn't ask what the women folk were doing. Great. Cool. Very very fun. <laughs> it's, it's 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 rough. Uh, yeah, so it sounds like the backgrounds yeah. in this setting are, like, it's interesting that they're regional. Like, and that, I, I don't know how I feel about the idea of a whole culture being tied to a single region. I mean, like, in some ways that's generally true, but, like, especially, like, in Aldous, I would imagine you would have, I, uh... I would, like, I would imagine you would have a number of different kinds of people doing different things. Mm-hmm. And so the idea that you would have the same, like, maybe, like, a Jarzoni dissident and a Jarzoni, I don't know if they got nobles, but, like, that they would have the same background feels a little bit uh, too simple for me. But I can see that. Okay. Incidentally, there is a sidebar in the book uh, on page 42 that says change in focus. 
focus is provided by backgrounds or suggestions not guideline uh, and guidelines not hard and fast requirements uh, as such they always bow to a good concept way to way to be blue rose job, way to be Bob Blue Rose, uh, unless you folks want to add something, we can move on. I don't know Blue Rose. Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, Modern Age uh, is the first game to go classless, so backgrounds start pulling a bit more weight, because you don't have a whole class to build your character around. Um, but uh, backgrounds definitely make up for some of that lost time. Uh, like Fantasy Age, uh, these backgrounds are not based on a setting, so they do a lot of very general heavy lifting, because the, the possibilities for a Modern Age campaign are incredible. You could do, you could do like, a gumshoe noir campaign, you could do a historical campaign, you could do uh, a gothic horror campaign, you could do a five minutes into the future campaign, uh, you could just do a procedural, uh, but it's... It, and, and as shown with the threefold setting, you could do literally anything you want to do. So oh, the, back, the backgrounds cover a lot of ground, uh, and they're very general. Uh, and for that, and to import that use is very—they're perfect. Uh, but in game, modern age backgrounds give you uh, your social class. Uh, each social class has a selection of backgrounds that fit into the class. Uh, you get a plus one to an ability score. A choice between two focuses, a choice between two talents, one roll on a benefits table. Uh, and that that is a sizable chunk of your character level one. Mm-hmm. So that's a lot of stuff. So I hope that it's, like, is again, if it's going to be so much of your hero at the beginning, mm-hmm. I would hope that it would be a bit more customizable. Mm-hmm. And it sounds like it is, in, in sort of. Like, sort of, yeah. We've gotten to start doing Modern Age. Like, there's just, everybody is super busy. I know Molly has an idea that I'm just, I'm waiting to, I'm, I'm very excited about my radio person. Like, I want I'm to excited. I'm just excited the for time. my cryptid hunter. When do we have the time? Yeah. Well, I guess now that you're, uh, now that your shoulder's wasted, maybe we have some time. <laughs> uh, and we'll be taking a break from running the Fantasy Age campaign. We yeah. can do Modern Age in the, in the meantime. Yeah, we can do I mean, I could like be, that. I could, I could. That sounds fun. <laughs> Maybe we should do that. Yeah, let's talk about it. Yes. Let's see. Uh, but uh, that's uh, modern age, in modern age, that also combines with your profession, which is kind of like your class, but it's more like what you're doing right now to get by. Uh, your background is your past, and your profession is your right now. And then, goodness... Uh, Beyond that, I think that the background and the profession are the two halves of your character level one. Uh, and then you get all of your secondary statistics after that. And you, of course, you rolled your abilities before then. So backgrounds in Modern Age do a lot of heavy lifting. Uh, yeah, that makes sense because it, it supplants a lot of what was coming from class before. Mm-hmm. So is this a lot? Is this um, a story-centric, like a world-centric game this type of social background has these implications mm-hmm. you're probably from these other areas you can't be from these other areas etc et um i think that there's a fair amount of uh wiggle room with it um but there lot, is something written there. there is something written okay a lot of the tables there i imagine are also probably extra useful for folks who don't necessarily know what they want to do and they just roll on a table like oh well dang i guess i'm middle class let's see what's in that table all right Let's go with that. Um, People love tables. Tables are fun. 
Tables can be very fun. I, I like I like to kind of stretch my legs. I like to be other things. Mm -hmm. um, so you've seen my characters are all over the place. <laughs> um, They're fun. I yeah. I don't strictly have a character archetype or like a class favorite. Um, but very very often, like especially in like the D and D five E. Uh, background generator. Mm -hmm. It's fun to just be like, how can I make this work? Like, how can I make a character that's done this? And some of my favorite characters have done that. And um, so, like, and or like when I go to PFS, I will just pick up a generated character and happily play. And people are like, oh, why would you ever? Don't you want to be yourself? It's like, no. <laughs> I specifically don't want to be myself. Sorry, I'm Gemini as fuck. <laughs> well, there it is. Uh, I just cracked open my threefold, my copy of threefold, an excellent book. Folks should check it out. There's a lot of zany stuff in here. Uh, but threefold actually has a bunch of its own backgrounds written. Uh, and uh, I'm, I'm looking at my World of Lazarus book, uh, which is cool setting. Sounds kind of like a bummer to me personally. Uh, but this one also has uh, its own backgrounds written into it. Ooh, wow, it's actually got quite a few. So, if you need inspiration for extra backgrounds, you can check out World of Lazarus or Threefold. Mm -hmm. Threefold's a lot of fun. Uh, interdimensional exploration modern age. You could bring guns, but you could also have... Uh, maybe, maybe you're the person who came in with a sword and magic. No. And I, then... Yeah? Uh, I, I just got... I just... I, I had... Again... A thought, <laughs> and it is gone. I'm sorry, everyone. I I'm may need to you, go to bed you? You're good. <laughs> we're get, we're, we're, we're coming up on the end. Uh, Blaze mentioned that there is a server that y'all could use if you want to do some threefold of World of Lazarus. Hint, hint, wink, wink. Age Nexus, take a look. We'll be putting the link in the uh, in the show description. Uh, and then closing out for the, the background exp uh, explanations, we have the Expanse. Um, now, if you've gone through the Modern Age rulebook, they're going to look very similar. Uh, the Expanse pretty much uses the same background structure, with one notable exception, which is pretty important to the Expanse, is that you select your origin. Uh, you are a Belter, or a Martian, or an Earther. Uh, which has a lot of implications in, in, the, uh, in the universe of the Expanse. Uh, tells you fo tells you which part of the solar system you were born into, uh, which also determines what your native gravity is. Which you know that that might come up and play in a game about space travel. I think that's particularly cool. The uh, the fact that your background determines your gravity level. Like, I, I, and I think mm -hmm. that that's that's I'm glad that they included that because it's something so key to that setting. For sure. The, the, like, physiological differences between the Belters and the Earthers. Mm -hmm. That Imperial Roch trilogy that I've read yeah. on Logan's recommendation, uh, I just, like, oh, oh, this is, this could be here. <laughs> <laughs> I read that first book and it was excellent. Yeah, but the second two have some more. There's some yeah. more characters that Ooh. are always sick when in space. Oh, no. They can't not be sick when uh... in space, and they have to deal with that. That's, yeah, that's that's always fun. Uh, let's see. Now that of course then come into play when you're moving about in gravity that your body is not acclimated to, and it will probably also end up having social and political uh, uh, consequences when you're going through the world. Uh, 
Earthers kicking around in the belt. Probably gonna get some weird looks from the Earth from the Belters. It's it's space racism. You we don't not... worry about the color of the skin anymore. We just wonder how lanky you are. Uh, well, it's just such an easy low blow for conflict. Is mm-hmm. the outside has come in? You know, like the mm-hmm. any any type of xenophobia, any type of like exclusivity that you can upkeep is just a great thing to fight against. For sure. So. Yeah, and I think they, they do an interesting job in, in the Expanse sort of building a separate culture for the Belters. Mm-hmm. It's very um, fascinating. Yeah, it's, it's really interesting. Um, I haven't delved too deep, but there's there's a lot of cool stuff to work there, and I think I think there's enough that it will work as a role-playing setting mm-hmm. more than a lot of that, more than a lot of, like, baseline sci-fi stuff would. For sure. We so, have not played the expanse, so there's not a whole lot we can Yeah, I mean, I, I'm speaking purely hypothetically. Mm-hmm. I've read the first book, uh, and I have devoured their chapter on ship to, on, sh- on spaceship combat. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I will probably be making modifications because space combat in the expanse is very fast and very deadly. Like, first book. Oh, is this the, the one that's got the fucking five point stuff where people just fucking die? Well, no, that's the fantasy age okay. vehicle rules. Uh, the yeah, moder- the the expanse vehicle rules are the ones where if you take any damage, your ship gets screwed up, and you might be able to fix it in some damage control. You might you, there's some things you just can't fix, and it, because they've got bullets that are traveling hundreds of kilometers an hour, and if one of those hits your ship, it's just going out the other side. It, they're just tearing holes in the ship. The Battle of Thoth Station in, in the first book, like, the heroes win, but their ship is shredded by the end of it. It's very good they were all wearing spacesuits. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. <laughs> it goes great. Everything's happy in the expanse. The whole book's in rap. I, I would hate to ask you to do this, but... <laughs> The amount of front load work you would have to do to take the Starfinder ship fighting system and put it into 3D6. It has occurred to me that that is a thing that could be done. Hex based ship combat. <laughs> will, Let you know, me play Crimson Skies <laughs> again. Uh, oh. we'll, we'll do an episode on vehicular combat later. Uh, but for now, uh, we'll clo- we'll we'll finish out our conversation talking about approaching backgrounds in your game. Uh, they are one of the many ways that your heroes can tell a story just by looking at your sheet. Folks can see what class or profession you have, your specializations you took, your backgrounds, and when you bundle it all together with goals and relationships and things like that, you can you can you can have a full care full character dossier right there. You can, I mean, and you said a, a glimpse at your character. Like, we mm-hmm. all love, like, our character art that we've drawn, or we maybe mm-hmm. have commissioned uh, a local artist, pay your local artist to commission. Yeah. Pay your local artist. Um, there's some storytelling that can come from it. That certain tool that's hanging on your belt, you have quick access to that. What is that tool and why? You know, the type of clothes you come from can all breed a air of nobility or even a mm-hmm. wretched poverty. So, like, all of this background stuff can give you a swagger, uh, a movement for your character, and that's something that's <laughs> very important, like a crop top. Like a crop top. When your character walks into the room, and what's everyone looking at? 
mm-hmm. if your character has two heads, they're looking at the second head. So, like, go ahead and let these, like, make sure to shape your your character around this this image that you can you almost some of my characters I don't even know who they are but when someone's like what's your name I just fucking go I'm in a voice I never <laughs> had this voice this character is pissed at this other character I don't know why they just like, take over I'm going to find out like and it's fun we're all gonna learn together yep I think making backgrounds become that third dimension or allow you to at least start fleshing out that third dimension is really a large part of why I like them. But again, we're all the type that go in for character depth. And... Sorry, not sorry, Gemini. It's good to have like, like when you when you have a character that's just like their class powers and maybe like a couple extra little traits here and there. You know, it's it can adding that background where yeah, your character came play, from. Yeah. Some of us is boring. Oh. It, <laughs> yes. It's, it's not what I'm looking. It's not what I'm looking to do. But I could see a character. Where it would be great to be just that walking, talking gun, and then to be with other characters like harshing their mellow, like mm-hmm. the edge lord trying to be edge lord and everyone fucking dunking on them. Zuko, my god, Avatar was amazing. <laughs> Avatar like, was very good. That, although I would argue that uh, he changed. Yeah, but that was good. So like my first initial thought is like if I had a way to play Judge Dread mm-hmm. and be just an asshole. But then, like, after going on too many adventures and finding too many other sides of things, like, having to futz with that, even if it's just not speaking up as much, like, you totally could enjoy, have a very enjoyable character that does have a character arc, even if it's just being more quiet. Mm-hmm. Like, rather than saying the asshole thing first. Like, that's totally doable. Yeah. 100% edgelord in the chat, apparently. <laughs> Out the edge. Out the edge. Let's see. Uh, backgrounds can sometimes be easy to forget during gameplay, uh, especially. Uh, well, yeah, sometimes uh, because they're they they're not necessarily always as flashy as your ma- as your magic your uh, rank three masterwork sword or uh, the fact that you can throw lightning out of your hands, um, but. Uh, I think that I, I had the thought that you could make backgrounds integral to how sh- social encounters unfold. It, yes. Is that kid allowed to be here? <laughs> uh, that he's is, not a kid. That is our recurring joke. Yeah, how old is he? Especially, especially if you're writing content, mm-hmm. um, you know, not necessarily for an individual game, but if you're if you're putting together an adventure that's designed to be a general use it might be worthwhile like in fantasy age to be like okay this person will tr- this person will treat anyone who is an outsider background terribly this way yeah, differently, like, yeah. differently than these other backgrounds yes i i i find it you're not even looking at my notes and you know it's in my notes well there, done there are some characters that i've had <laughs> be a little racist and like uh Roth, was initially just not great with humans, but, you know, had to have that tempered by the monks. You guys got him post a lot of anger. Uh, that didn't mean that that anger was done. It was just quiet. Mm-hmm. Like, he, he knew how that it was not a good place to be. He knew it was wrong to think these things. But. But. 
I'm going to go shoot some arrows and be quiet for 20 minutes. <laughs> and like, angrily shoot that tree over there for a little while. Just to, just to filter out how fucking nice Silrin was, and that was a problem. But anyway. Uh, for a couple examples, uh, if your hero has the criminal backgrounds, they would likely have some contacts in the criminal underworld, or at least a few enemies who they've made who they could talk to. Um, if you're taking part in social encounters with high society, may give you penalties to folks who don't have a high social class, uh, as they're not exposed to fashion, dances, gossip, and the like. Um, if your hero rejects their background in some way, they may have parts of their past still following them, asking them to return and finish what they started. Um, GMs might have some tests that require particular focuses, but might waive those requirements for heroes with particular backgrounds. Uh, an artist or a performer might not need intelligence musical lore uh, to make a test, uh, as they have probably heard of the material they are recalling knowledge of. If they already have the focus, the GM could potentially give them a bonus. Uh, and let's see, I've also got that custom backgrounds can help your original settings pop out to your players before you even start playing. Uh, you can take the Dragon Age route of large package backgrounds that give players loads of context to the go. Uh, or you could go like the little lighter Blue Rose background style and have the backgrounds determine the culture you grew up in. Uh, or you could uh, take a look at Lazarus or Threefold and see that they have uh, some lighter backgrounds. They have the Modern Age style backgrounds uh, that still give you a lot of context uh, to who your characters are. And that was actually not unlike the Dragon Age ones. Yeah, I remember in a lot of, like, Pathfinder, uh, flat, uh, not flats, uh, kind of flats, uh, some adventures came with, um, a class that's just in there. Like, mm -hmm. the hammer, the hammersmith in, um, for just dwarves, or was it, or was it in Iron Gods, was just, like, the hammer guy. There was a hammer guy in yeah, Iron yeah. Gods, yes. I, I, know who, I know who you're talking about. Um, I forget the name of the class entirely, but like mm -hmm. it kind of shoehorned you into uh, the storyline already. You were already kind of familiar with some of the stuff there. Your character could be assumed knowledge mm -hmm. of like at least the starting village. You don't have to ask directions everywhere you go. Yeah. Where do you guys go? We have to go to the thing. Yeah. So where are you going? North. You spend half the day. You don't find it. Fuck. But if you have the character who lived there, like okay, you know where to go. Like. No, no, we're going to go this way. We're also going to duck around old Baba's house. She, she, she's, she's rowdy this time of day. Oh. <laughs> she does get rowdy. She hasn't had her lemonade yet. No one's played the adventure yet. That'll, that'll become more relevant when the Age Creators Alliance comes live. <laughs> Klein has done his time. Uh, does anyone have anything else they want to add about backgrounds? Uh, Otherwise, I don't think so. Yeah, I think we've wrapped it up pretty nicely. Yeah. <laughs> Anyone in the chat want to speak up? Well, we don't have that set up yet. They <laughs> can type a thing. We yeah, can read a thing. Yeah, they can type a thing. We, we always appreciate spend, it. like 30 seconds waiting for the chat to catch up with the buffering. Hmm. Hello, Oblivious. Welcome, DM. Uh, thank you folks for joining us. It's, it's always, it's always really cool to have all this engagement, uh, to have folks joining yes. us and, uh, <laughs> listening in, listening right. in to our, uh, our un unedited color commentary. I won't edit much of it because it's most of it's just too much fun to listen to. Well, also like 
But it's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. <laughs> it's hard. It's a lot of work and we're tired. It's hard. What's the point of the podcast? To waste time. We're a budget show. Yeah. Well, thank you folks for listening to the Adventure Game Engine Interest Series. Uh, this is Ren, wishing lots of sixes on that dragon die. Uh, this is Jess, wishing you good heels and happy feels. This is Molly, reminding you once again that the expected value on 3D6 is 10.5. <laughs> this is Keith. Yeah! That's about it. That's how it goes. Good. All right. Thank you folks so much for joining us, uh, and we will have to catch you next time. Bye-bye. Yep. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Adventure Game Engine Interest Series. If you like what we do, please consider supporting us on our Patreon. If you support us at only $3 per month, you get to vote on our Patreon-only poll, which is worth twice as many votes as the other polls. Anything you can contribute is appreciated. You can find a link to our Patreon on our blog in the post for this show. If you'd like to keep up with the show, you can follow us on our Facebook or Twitter. Feel free to leave a comment or a question, or even tell us how your age games are going. We do love to hear. Feel free to comment on our show on SoundCloud, and if you can, please leave us a review on iTunes or Google Podcasts. It really helps us out. The music and sound effects you heard on the show all came from Sirenscape, the legendary program for providing sound effects and music for your tabletop games. You can get started for free if you want to try it out first, and subscribing gives you wider access to the impressive and still-growing library of sounds for fantasy, sci-fi, modern, superhero, horror, and other types of games. Take a listen to Sirenscape, my friends, because your epic games need epic sound. This is Ren, wishing lots of sixes on that stunt dive. Please take care, everyone, and we'll see you next time.